Scheffler outshines them all at Augusta. Well, this game's difficult to achieve perfection, but maybe that was the, the perfect 10, 10 under them. Congratulations, young man, that is so impressive. It is a post-Masters breakdown special today on the Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom. The 86th playing of this tradition, unlike any other, is in the books and the rising comet that is Scotty Scheffler. Pride of Highland Park High School in the heart of Dallas, Texas is your winner. However, Tiger Woods stole a lot of the show with a remarkable four-day slog all the way through the weekend with a finish that I'm sure he thinks, oh, I could have done a lot better than that, but we all say it's pretty amazing you even finished. We'll talk about that, plus a four-putt on 18 to win by three, a luxury unheard of in golf, plus Rory's backdoor rally, tape-delayed holeout spoiled by a giddy Nick Faldo, and a few interesting nuggets as well, plus a couple of rules uh, issues that we'll talk to uh, John Gould about coming up in segment number two. But let's begin. You know, you hear this theme song nonstop for a week, and you go to sleep with it in your head, and you start thinking to yourself, God, I'm tired of this. And then the tournament ends, and you realize it's going to be a whole year before you get to hear it again. You start to get sad like I do. So we say hello to start today's show to John Ronas, Director of Instruction at the Ronas Academy, and now General Manager at the River Creek Club in Leesburg, Virginia. Not General Manager, Director of Golf. I keep saying that, don't I? Yeah, that's all right. What's the difference, by the way? General manager is in charge of the whole shooting match, food and beverage, everything. Ah. Director of golf's in charge of all things golf. All right. Well, I've only made that mistake it doesn't five matter. times. I usually right. nail it on the sixth. I need four mulligans. Guess what? Perfect. That, that's, this is now the last time I'm going to screw that up. I am very right. sorry. That's very sloppy by me. That's a sloppy four putt on 18 to win. <laughs> that was great. I, you know, I, I'm racking my brain, John, as to whether that's ever happened before. A four putt to win a major on the 72nd hole. I don't I, recall I highly it. doubt it, but I was, I'm not good in math. I was an English major, but as he missed that, that third one, oh. I'm like, wait a second. I, what, what's I, go, this could get really tight if he misses another one. Well, that's because we saw Ernie Els six putt one right. back in 2015, I want to say. Right, but anyway, it ended it ended well, and it was wonderful. And what what so much to talk about? By the way, I love the birds in the background right now. Those are not. I'm outside. I'm on the tee. I love those are not piped in. By the way, people were asking me, does does <laughs> CBS really pipe in bird noises? I'm like, I think they turn up the gain on their mics, but yeah. birds do what they do in the spring, you know. Sure. And Augusta They're National, yeah, Augusta National has birds. Like they don't yeah. chase them off the property. So anyway, all right, I'll start <laughs> with this question. And it's a echo of the question I asked last week as a preview. Is Scotty Scheffler the truth now? Is he the truth now? You guys all said he's good. He's not the truth. Talk to me. He is the truth now. For the moment. Now, for the moment. But no, no, he's not the truth in relative to Tiger Woods. Relative to Tiger Woods, I don't know if we'll ever see the truth. 
I, I tried uh, to keep is, Tiger's name out of it just because okay, okay. it's an unfair bar. The reason that so I use the reason that I use the question "Is he the truth?" is because it is sufficiently vague. It can mean a lot of things yeah. to a lot of people, but I think most people get it. Most golfers get it when I ask the question, "Is he the truth?" Meaning he is more than just another hot golfer at the moment. Good, very good question. And I say this: I say if we take five years, we go out five years, and there's six majors. That's the truth. Okay. There's no question about that. that is rare, rare air. So I believe is Scotty Scheffler going to have six majors in five years? And the answer is going to be no. Okay. Do be- I hope because, he does? Because yeah. why? What is his biggest weakness? It is not his biggest weakness. It is the field's biggest strength. The field is too big these days. There's too many good golfers. So I just believe the odds are stacking against someone in this day and age to do something that the Nicholas's and the, and the Tiger Woods did. Okay. That said, as an instructor, what do you make of his unique move? I don't, you know, let's face it. He, there's, there's, we're not going to copy his move, but you know, I'll tell you what, I also haven't showed anyone Jack Nicholas's swing almost ever. Um, because, because why? Because it was date. more upright. He had a flying right elbow. You know, you just don't teach that stuff as much anymore. And even the guys around him, you know, if you want to say Hogan was the was the the, the person that you copied more, Hogan's swing was completely opposite of Jack Nicholas. Yeah. So we would show Hogan, and then we'd go forward a little bit and show some people, but we wouldn't show Nicholas. And we're not going to show Scotty Scheffler's swing to anyone. It's unique, and it's not something that looks like it's going to break down. So it is what it is. It it might be a little. Uh, quirky, but it's him. And I, I said to the, you this before, God bless his instructor for not taking that and saying, oh, we have to fix that just for the sake of fixing it. Uh, it's good for him. So it, it, look, what it's going to last it, as long as it's going to last. What does that move do for him? That sliding well, your right foot back through impact. What does well, that it's, do? It's more a, of a time. Well, it's more of a timing thing. If you want to say, if he is, he might be using a little bit of ground force in the up direction, which is producing a little bit of power there. Um, it probably tells you that the timing aspect of um, posting the left side is a little bit earlier. So therefore, he's compressing the ball and the foot's almost, you know, to the toe anyway. So it just comes up in the air and slides. But, you know, it's, it's similar. I, I remember when Couples won the Masters. They talked about Fred Couples because his right hand, they found some, you know, some uh, slower speed pictures and his right hand was completely off the club through impact. I saw that. And it kind of messed him up for a second when they mentioned that because he's like, I didn't know that was happening. (laughs) Isn't it funny that back in the day there was such little high speed or sharp image videography or photography of a guy's swing that you could go for years and years not knowing something. Right. And he didn't care anyways. But it's one of those things that when you when you start to push it and someone knows it and it's not textbook and who cares if it's textbook, right. uh, then they could dwell on it a little bit and get into kind of some mental chaos. But what about he, I mean, his swings long, it's lanky, it's not going to hurt himself. Right. It's really good. What about the odd finishes? he showed on some of the holes, the uh, big whip arounds and, you know, the yep. sort of manipulating with the arms. I mean, he's the first really good player to have won a major that I can recall in a long time that didn't have a mostly buttoned up position by position near perfect swing. Yeah. And I think that 
Um, well, one, growing up in Texas, you definitely have an array of weather conditions that you need to deal with. So he probably has learned how to, even being a high ball hitter, how to hit it lower. Um, he obviously, on his short game, was magnificent for hitting the ball lower and bumping balls in, which you just don't even see in American golfers anymore. But, um, you know, his natural shot is a fade, so it's really easy for him to hit a fade or a slice to hit a hook. He's got to get a little weird. And he did it just great. Get a little weird. I like that. Yes, an array of weather conditions in Texas. Windy, really windy. And oh my God, there's a bunch of tumbleweeds, Windy. That's your array yeah. of conditions right there. The short yeah. game, let's talk about that, uh, Pro. I thought watching him, he was ridiculous. I said his short game is a cheat code. Can it yep. sustain and can it survive in all different conditions, all different seasons? It can get better. It can get better. So now you win a major and you won a major kind of doing a lot of different things, not just one game. Didn't just have his A game. The last day he didn't have his A game at all. And he got that wet ball in the hole in sometimes some miraculous ways like that chip on three. The fact is that's going to go with him for many, many years that he doesn't have to have his A game to win a major uh, because his short game's that good. It's just going to get better. Yeah. Now let's talk about his junior record because you deal with junior golfers all the time. You instruct junior golfers. You have a book out called How to Raise a Junior Golfer, available where? Uh, You can just uh, email me at johnronisgolfacademy.com, and um, I will send you a copy. And uh, Venmo me at the second T, which all the money goes to my 501c3 for um, underserved youth golfers. All right, very good. So I did not know until the telecast at the Masters that he had won an absurd amount of junior events in Texas. I mean, we're not talking about in Maine or in Montana, in Texas, something like 90 out of the 163 that he entered, and he was being bumped up a class or an age group because he was just too good. How unusual is that, or are there more juniors like that that we don't hear about on tour? No, that is unusual because, again, at his age, the junior ranks are unbelievable. So to win 90 times, it's in my book, I state that if your son or daughter wins a junior event, celebrate. It's really hard to do. And if they don't, keep on working on the process. 90 wins, it's almost counterproductive after a while because you would think the motivation starts to dwindle. But you know, hand it to this guy. He's, he's very well balanced. His wife's, I heard a comment that it was unbelievable of his, did you hear about his, his pregame the day, the day of? I'm glad you mentioned it because I actually have it queued up right here to play. Shall yeah. we listen to how things were the night before for one Scotty Scheffler who of. seems right. And the day of who seems very unflappable, right? Yeah. Like you would, you would have thought, no, you don't really feel this way, do you? All right, here he was, Scotty Scheffler, talking about the night before the final round and just how he was on Sunday morning before his lovely young wife calmed him down. Dylan. Scotty, how did you uh, handle the late tea time today? What did you do uh, last night? What did you do this morning? And how many episodes of The Office did you watch? <laughs> you know, last night was pretty easy. I was tired. Um, we went and got some food. 
I spilled my dinner in the car on the way home. That was extraordinarily frustrating. You can see Meredith still dinner. laughing at me. She, she thought it was the funniest thing ever. I didn't think it was so funny at the time. Um, and so last night was fine. This morning was a totally different story. I cried like a baby this morning. I was so stressed out. Um, I didn't know what to do. I was sitting there. I was telling Meredith. I was like, I, I don't think I'm ready for this. You know, I'm not ready. I go, I don't feel like I'm ready for this kind of stuff. And I just felt overwhelmed. And so she told me, who are you to say that you're not ready? Um, who, who am I to say that I know what's best for, for my life? And so for what we talked about is, you know, that God is in control and, you know, the Lord is leading me. And um, if today's my time, then, then it's my time. And if, you know, I shot 82 today, you know, somehow I was going to use it for his glory. And, um, Gosh, it was a long morning. <laughs> hmm. That is some powerful stuff right there, huh? Isn't it? It, is, it really is. I mean, you hope that we all get to the point where we have, you know, some sort of that mentality of, of you know, I don't care what you believe in, but some sort of faith that that things are, are you're just going to do the best you can and that's good enough. Um, but, boy, the way he said it, it was very powerful. And, you know, give it to, again, uh, just a kind of a hardcore whatever hard ass wife that can just stand up and just say, Hey, Hey, look, wipe your tears, little boy. <laughs> I don't think it was you know, that. It's, I think it no, was I more it, of I think it. It kind of was. You think I, it kind of was a buck up kiddo. I, I think it's like, look, you, it's not your decision. You have a job. You've been put here for a reason. And whether you shoot 82 or whether you shoot 72, you have, you got to do your part. Yeah. And the rest is going to get taken care of. And so, you know, that, that is married. a that is a good woman right there, and a beautiful yeah. story. And 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 God help us if they don't make it till death do they part. That'll be a, a real right. heartbreak. And and the rest right. of us will say, well, how what 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 chance do I have? You know, exactly. if these two kids can't make it, that was a, a beautiful thing. Let's talk about a couple of the guys that finished close. Your thoughts, Cam Smith, poor guy, came undone at twelve with just a terrible swing. I mean, it wasn't that yep. he had a gust of wind or took the wrong nope. club. He just chunked one. I guess yeah, that's what I guess that's what it. that's what Golden Bell does to people, right? The most lethal, yeah. pretty hole in the world. Yeah, just you know, a bad swing at the wrong time. It's just as simple as that. You know, it's just again another. Uh, I'm not going to say European, but another foreign-based um, player of pure class. You know, yeah. at the end, dropping back, letting Scheffler walk up there. You know, these these foreign-based players, and there's plenty of our players that are the same way. But holy smokes, they are just a bunch of classy dudes. And I feel for him. He's going to win a major, so I'm not too worried about it. But, um, you know, he loves – he rocks that mullet. And um, (laughs) I'll be rooting for him if there's not an American in the way. All right. And then uh, my guy, Rory. God bless that kid. I love that lad. And, you know, people say, oh, he's great when he's, you know, rallying from dead in the water when he can't win. But they showed a graphic of his first 25 majors and his next 25 majors. Four wins in the first 25, none in the next. His scoring average is actually lower by about a stroke hmm. in the winless period. Hmm. There's a similar number of top tens. He seems to undo himself with a bad first round a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's right now his game just isn't consistent enough for four rounds to to win a tournament or, or a major or anything else, but... Um, Boy, I love Rory McIlroy. He is right now, in my opinion, the most important player in the game of golf. Important. And because 
Im- most important because, and he needs to be relevant with his game because what he says about the game is so honest and so good that we need him to be relevant. So we need him to win some tournaments. I want him to win another major this year, but we need Rory McIlroy right now. Yeah. Lastly, uh, just the, the scene on 18 and the sportsmanship between him and Morikawa, probably my two favorite young players right now, although yep. Rory is 31. Yeah. That's the game right there. You know, it's yeah. a game where magic can happen. Even if you're out there at a Muni and you're shooting a hundred and a million, you can have a moment of magic holding out, doing something great. And your buddy or your dad or your wife could be playing and also do something great. And you're like, wow, I'm out here in nature playing a hard, stupid, frustrating game that has elements of magic. Isn't this fun? Yeah. And that's what the game is. The game is about relationships of a lifetime that last a lifetime. And that's, that's what the game is. And even if you're in a, in a competition where you're trying to beat the snot out of the guy that you're playing against, sure. when that kind of stuff happens, there's a congratulations. In the middle of the round, you don't have to wait to the end of the game. That's the stuff that golf brings. It truly is, I'll say, a gentleman's sport, but obviously it's for men and women. It's just the greatest game ever. I skipped Tiger with you. I've got Ghoul knocking on the door because his tee time is next. Can got you it. give me two minutes, your thoughts on Tiger and his four rounds that many people thought were physically impossible? Yeah, I mean, it was just inc- it was incredibly impressive and it's inspiring. And, um, you know, the, the biggest thing that, that you and I talked about that we took from it is that he plans on playing in the British Open and uh, or the Open Championship. Right. And that means he's still focused on being a competitor and still bringing uh, delight to many people when he plays this game. So I'm proud of him. Uh, there were some moments out there that, you know, he looked like Willie Mays in the outfield. But, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to, uh, you know, just a period of time where Tiger can be the next ambassador to the game of golf and um, bring all the joy to, to so many people's faces when they see him play. Should he try to play the PGA at Southern Hills? In less, I don't care. In a month? You know, I think, I think you know, less I think a month, that. I think. Uh, the PG, the uh, I just know St. Andrews is such an easy walk. Should he try to play Brookline? Of course, you know well, having lived Brookline's up there and gone brutal to school. Walk. Brutal up and down, yes. Brutal walk. So <laughs> probably um, not. I would say no. And and a tougher field, deeper field, tougher conditions, yep. rough, all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, uh, certainly St. Andrews seems like the place, and with his knowledge of just where to put it, just where not to put it, yep. that leg is two and a half months stronger than what it is now. I'd say do not count him out. Yeah, I would I would be fine with golf with Tiger with two majors this year and four majors for the next five years, and I think we're still in a great place. All right. John Ronas, director of golf. Did I get yes! that right, dog? Yes! Ding, ding, ding. At, yes! the, at River Creek Club in Leesburg, Virginia, and also still runs the Ronas Academy. I heard him giving a lesson right before we went on the air here today. boy. All right, let the birds do what they do. Keep teaching this great game of golf, and we'll talk to you next week. Great talking to you, Zabe. There you go. Coming up, John Gould, the executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, will join us. He's going to have some thoughts on a couple of key drops that Scotty Scheffler was able to avail himself of en route to the green jacket. Plus, we'll talk about when players just hate the setup of a golf course. What does that say? Is it always an indictment of the administrators that set the course up? Or are sometimes players just big, fat babies? 
Stay with us. The Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom, continues after this. Welcome back, Capital Golf Gang, your Masters Recap Special. We are going one by one today. We're all in different locations this week, but we got a lot to go through from the Masters. And now joining us, the Executive Director of the Mid-Atlantic PGA, John Gould. John, how are you, my friend? The Masters did I'm not well. did not disappoint yet again, did it? No, it didn't. You know, it got a little bit less dramatic there when uh, Scheffler was squeezing the life out of everybody, but uh, but still, always exciting. You know, we got we got a few good runs to watch and, and all that yeah so there was two because you are a certified high level rules official in the game of golf i've got two drops for scheffler that were absolutely key and i actually called you from the bar on saturday you remember right. that because my buddies yep. my buddies big mike and getter who should know better were trying to sell me that he couldn't go back on 18 in the line of sight as far as he wanted with the pin on an unplayable. And I said, you're crazy. That would mean that sometimes you might be in a spot where you have no way to finish the hole, if that's the case. And he was close to that. He was close to that on 18. Walk us through his drop on 18 on Saturday afternoon. That was very key. Okay, so the the ruling here is the the unplayable ball rule. uh, And the player has three options. Uh, one is to just go back to the last spot he played, which would be similar to a lost ball. He'd go back to the tee in this case on 18 sure. and play three from there. Uh, he has two club lengths laterally. Uh, so uh, if you imagine a semicircle with a ball in the middle of the top of the semicircle, that's a two club length uh, width of the semicircle. Go back, uh, you know, uh, keep it within two club lengths, no closer to the hole. That's an option. Usually, that's if you're just barely into a situation or maybe there's a single bush. But when you're in the trees or in just picture a, a whole field of tall grass, two club lengths doesn't really change your aspect at all, to your point. Uh, and then the third one is, is, as you indicated, keeping the ball between you and the flagstick and go back as far as you want. That's not, I hear line of sight or, or line of flight. You know, that has nothing to do with that. It's a straight line between you and the flagstick and then going back as far as you want to give you the option, which is, right. is the one he took. Had, had he uh, not been able to escape that thick, what was it, a magnolia bush or a holly or whatever it was, mm-hmm. had he not been able to escape laterally by two club lengths, he would have to go deeper into the woods there, and I don't think that would have been much of a bargain. I think he would have been clomping back to the tee. Correct, yeah. Or, or you know, sometimes it, there's a little stair-stepping there where you take your two club lengths relief that doesn't get you. You take another two club lengths relief. Maybe that does, uh, but yeah, certainly oh. at that point, a, a player of that level, you're gonna, you're probably gonna go back to the tee and just, just uh, hit, hit three. From right. Three. Well, you would have to spend another uh, stroke to get the second correct. two club lengths, and by then you're sitting three, and you're still on the edge of the fairway, way back. It wouldn't have been much of a bargain. So anyway, one of the unique things about the unplayable ball rule is that you can roll back into the situation. Right, almost all the time where you drop, and you see the pros do it all the time, whether dropping from a penalty area or ground under pair, if the ball rolls back into it, uh, we just say, okay, that didn't count as a drop. We're going to redrop. Not so with the unplayable ball. So you got to be really careful when you drop. 
And if it rolls back into the condition, sorry, now you got to take another penalty to oh, re-drop really? it. And, it and, and that's the same situation where, you know, maybe he was two and a half club lengths from getting an escape from this really nasty area and, and going back to the tee for some reason was not a good idea, then he might do it twice to get in, in yeah. two strokes. Yeah, two for, the, strokes for the casual player, unplayable lie is the player's sole judgment. It doesn't have to literally Correct. be that. It's you say... It's more like a I can't or I don't want to play this lie. Correct. And I would rather pay a penalty to go two club lengths either side or back as far as I can or want to with the pin in line with where my ball is. So that's number one. Secondly, he was very savvy as he got to the edge of the two club lengths to make sure to drop really close to where that edge is, hoping and knowing the ball would bound out of the boundary and after right. two drops, he could then place it at both the maximum length away from that tree to get a full swing and also to perch it up on a nice little thing. Right. And, and you know, the, the, one of the reasons why the rule change in 2019 to the drop from the knee that some people had so much consternation about, how are we mm-hmm. going to figure out how to do this? And certainly they easily figured it out. But because there was, when you're dropping from shoulder height, certainly the ball's going to bounce further, right? There's no question that that's, that's going to happen uh, and tour players were literally abusing that so that it almost always they were placing it the hope was that the knee drop the drop from the knee the ball would settle pretty quickly and not roll as far not bounce as far there'd be less redrops right but if you're smart and you know the the slope of the land and you get to the to your point to the maximum of the two club lengths you know it's going to roll out of that circle because that ball has to stay in that semicircle that i mentioned uh in order to be a valid drop and for us to continue yeah. on and you know, in his uh, case, he was able to redrop and place. Yeah, he played it perfectly. It it it, it, it felt kind of cheaty for those of us that play the game, but those are the rules, and he played it perfectly. And he escaped. knowing the rules is not cheating. No, correct. it's not. You I know, said it felt taking advantage of knowing the rules. I said it felt cheaty, ghoul. Cheaty. Okay. It's All a right. difference, you know. Okay. It, it may be legal, sure. but you're like, God, this. You know, because in the olden days, you'd have to drop it over your shoulder. Behind yep. you, no and it could have bound anywhere <laughs> exactly. So anyway, the second drop was on three on Sunday because he was behind a scoreboard. I saw somebody on Twitter say that that scoreboard is not a temporary immovable obstruction or TIO. It's there all the time. He was also behind a bunch of trees. I guess the Masters rules maker said, no, that still is temporary, even if we leave it up all year. Yeah, so it, that, that and I'm sure it was declared in advance. I, I was actually not watching that; I was actually driving at the at the at that time. But right, um, yes, that that is a temporary removal obstruction. Most most tournament uh, uh, implemented stuff is temporary removal obstruction, even Bleachers, if it stays up all year. Well, yeah. So the, obviously, the word "temporary" is the problem that, that you're indicating there. Uh, but if the if the rules sheet if the rules information declared that as a TIO, I don't. It doesn't matter, right? They they've said that's no, a TIO, right. even if it's not. Sco- scoreboards are TIO and other things on the course. By right, the way, I, I think a, yeah, I think they it, I think they dismount the actual scoreboard after the tournament's done. But I know that the big metal green pole and the platform that stays right. all the time. And it just blends right. into so where the that trees. happens. Where that happens in our in our real life to us is uh, greenside fans, right? Oh, uh, right? They're there all year round, but mostly we call them TIOs because if it's just an obstruction, 
and, and maybe the metal uh, stand for the leaderboard that stay there, they might just call instruction. You only get stance and swing relief. So if your swing's going to hit it or if your feet are on it or, or whatever, that's the only relief you get. But because it's projecting up into the air and it's near the golf course and presumably where someone could hit, um, we want them to have a relief from, this is the unusual time where we give you relief from the words line of flight, you know, your direction of play, the intervention on the line between you and the ball. Uh, so that's why we call it a TIO because that's the rule that allows us to give that relief. It's, if it's just an obstruction and we just say it's there all the time, then only stance and swing relief. Yeah. Not only did he get out of uh, uh, tree trouble, but he hold the shot. <laughs> so yeah. it was quite the, the turnaround. The shot, right. All right. Let me ask a question as a guy who helps set up golf tournaments, uh, pin positions, green speeds, rough height, all that other stuff. What do you make of it when one particular player or maybe a couple are very sharply critical or vocal about the so-called course setup? Terrell Hatton, who knows who is known yeah. to run hot, said he hates Augusta. He hates this place because he feels like good shots are not rewarded. What do you think? Yeah. Uh- I, I take those with a grain of salt. You know, he finished last in the field that made the cut, and, and certainly they're going to have their comments. You, you know what you're getting with the Masters. You know, uh, for us, when we set up cor- courses, we don't have any whole locations uh, less than five paces from the edge of a green. You look at those whole locations, uh, the sheets, uh, you know, I don't care what day it is, but uh, the ones on Sunday, you got some threes out there. You know, they put it close to the edge. They put it close to the edge of slopes. Uh, but that's what you get out of Augusta. I mean, the, the greens and the whole locations are pretty much the whole, the whole defense of that golf course. And right. You got to know how to play it, and you got to know how to use the the slopes and 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 everything there. So, uh, you know, they're they're tour professionals that expect everything to be catered to them all the time. Uh, and you know, if they if, if a couple of them quibble, you know, if I'm Augusta, hey, we you don't have to come. We invite you, but you don't have to come. I know. There was a couple of pin positions. I look at the pin sheet that were so close to the edge. Clear this up for me. Is there or is there not an official measurement in which a pin is too close to the edge of the green? No. There used to be a a booklet called How to Conduct a Competition that recommended no closer than five paces to the edge. Five paces. So five paces would be about 15 feet. Yeah, I, I swear some of the pins, I think 16 was six feet off the edge. Uh, number six, I believe, was like five feet off the edge in well, that I, upper I saw, corner. I saw the, the actual sheet, uh, and I saw a three, which three paces would be nine. Oh, those are not feet. Those are paces. Okay. Yeah, so three, yeah. nine paces. Well, yeah. they, they looked yeah. even narrower than that, so that, that was interesting uh, there. Uh, also, here's something that was interesting from a rule standpoint. Tony Finau had a Theragun hanging on his bag, one of those mm-hmm. percussive guns to help loosen up your muscles and whatnot. Right. Obviously, that's legal. I had no idea right. that was. Is there any limits to the stuff you can have your caddy bring with you to help you out during the round? Well, each each uh, item has to be approved, right? And, and that one certainly has. And that, that had been brought up in, in normal everyday play. You know, you're 55 years old, you wake up on a Saturday morning, you're just not quite limber and you can use this thing. And, and the uh, USGA ruled that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's kind of gone, you know, there's different uh, levels of, of this. Uh, certainly if it, if it's helping you make the swing at the time, it's, it's certainly less, way less permissive than, Hey, it's just loosening you up or, you know, you carry that uh, the weighted club in your bag, but it doesn't have a, 
club head on it so it doesn't count as a, a, a club, so you can use that. Uh, they w- they want to kind of make sure that you're able to play, but they're not going to assist you with the swing. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, also, I bought a wind meter off of Amazon when we were in Mesquite because I just wanted to know, man, it's windy. How fast is this wind moving? And I was roundly ripped by my fellow golfers saying, you better not use that while we're playing. It's illegal. Why are wind gauges Correct. illegal? Because that's going to help you make your shot, right? To know if it's 10 versus 15. Oh, or in theory. In theory it is. You Come played on. with a bunch of rules guys in that <laughs> event. You, you were telling me about that. I know, and, and I know, certainly. I know. And and the other thing that that uh is so okay kind of a all right question why what, okay what, okay well there's that so range finders are becoming increasingly improved at in competition right right Correct. so I don't know why jump. I don't know why uh, wind gauges would not be next to be approved what's the difference well, it, between a wind gauge and a thermometer that tells you how warm it is well the the whole premise is yardage is a known fact. This tree is 152 yards from the green, or sure. this bunker is 198. The winds and and theoretically the slope are the vagaries of the game. Yeah, and it's different based on where you are and right. what you know what the situations are. So they don't want a calculator to help you with the with the game. Uh, okay, that that needs to be something that the player themselves decides. Okay. Well, now, it doesn't mean you couldn't play a practice round and say, "Hey, the slope on this is plus playing plus 10." You write it in your notebook, and then when you play it the next day, you can you can do that. You just can't do it live yeah. and say, "Well, where my ball is, this is plus nine point two. Yeah. What what I have found actually with this little device is it's interesting. What I think is very windy, it's not as windy in terms of miles per hour as I would have thought. Where I'm yeah, like, but you can use it to train yourself, right? You can yes, you can play that's it part in a practice of, round. And say that's yeah. part of what I wanted to do. I wanted to say, is this a fifteen mile an hour wind or an eight mile an hour wind? And uh, I'm training myself to learn the difference. It's not going to help. You're not that good. Okay, that's enough, Heckler. Enough from you. <laughs> All right, what else about the tournament that struck your fancy? Uh, obviously, Tiger was incredible that he finished all four rounds. He's targeting uh, the Open Championship at St. Andrews. Uh, Rory's incredible backdoor finish there. And your thoughts on Scheffler? Yeah, so uh, yeah, Tiger, I mean, we, I think we talked about it at the show, right? Uh, the last week's show is that you know, uh, my thought was that he was going to start off his, with his best round and get worse from there just because of the accumulation of fatigue and, and all that stuff. And I think that came true, but it was still scintillating TV. We all watched and, you know, the, the morning, uh, uh, whatever, the views and, and, and watching on the, on the range, the, uh, on the range and mm-hmm. live streaming his round. I think that was, we haven't seen those numbers yet, but I think they're going to be really good. Oh, they are. They came uh, out with those, uh, Augusta national and ESPN said most streamed masters ever. I would believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, whoever said one of the players said tiger, uh, doesn't move the needle. He, he is the, the needle was, was yeah. right on. Uh, yeah, uh, the you know, like I said, it was a little less dramatic because I just didn't think Scheffler was going to anyway. You know, after the third hole, when when uh, Smith, uh, uh, you know, double bogeyed, I think, um, um, you know, he he was kind of in control the whole way. I never really doubted that he was going to win, but it was fun to see McElroy post the number, uh, the back to back eagle or chippins or uh, plays out of the bunker from him and Morikawa were was exciting and pretty fun to watch. Right. Um, we were asking, so, yeah, I, mean, I was asking with Ronas, A, have you ever recalled a guy four putting 18 to win a major or just even any regular tour event? 
I haven't. And the other question is, what would be the highest score relative to par ever made on the 72nd hole for a winner outright? Correct. Right? Yeah, I I think uh, I actually did uh, see that somebody on tour four-putted 18 to win at, at one point in a similar situation. But the, the funny thing I was thinking about is, okay, if, if I was on this tee, if I'm on the 18th tee with, I'm not sure what it was, was it five strokes when he teed off? Yeah. Uh, I've got a five-stroke lead. Can I shoot, make a nine on this hole to win? And it would be interesting, you know, especially from that shoot that, he, <laughs> that they play back on 18. It might take me three or four to get through that. So right. I might have a little more pressure on the green. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was that was you know it was fun and it was kind of cute that he you know he was so embarrassed and he was talking to his caddy in between, but he really you know we talked about him two shows ago whether he was the real deal or not and and I and we said he's the real deal but he's not Tiger yet but there was just no hope that he was going to falter enough to bring enough yeah. people in play once Cam kind of faltered and, and wasn't going to move towards him there was just no no really concerned that he was going to fall back yeah cam too good cam set the hook and he had fish on for about two holes there when he was only one shot behind on the front but then right. it just didn't happen all right real quick before i let you go your organization the pga of america growing the game and being the stewards of the game here in the united states and globally uh has their signature event the pga championship now in may at southern yes. hills back to southern hills right. where previously when the pga had been there it was in the blast furnace of August, how will that right. course, with its dominant Bermuda grasses, look, feel, and play in May? Well, they tell us it's going to be looking good. Uh, certainly, it's going to play differently, and and certainly the players are going to be way more comfortable. I think Tiger won. Um, yes, he did. Either the last time, or yeah, he won one of the times it was there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, we're all curious to find that out, right? When we when we switch to May. Some of these courses in the north that were going to be uh, basically not usable, and then some of the courses in the south that uh, might come more into play. Um, you know, what is it going to look like? And may I have a feeling? You know, they have uh, really good uh, people on the case. I have a feeling it's going to look great. It's going to play great. It's just you know, what's the weather going to be? That's, yeah. that's what we we won't know. But shoot, when we're used to playing Augusta National when it's perfect weather, and and uh, Friday and Saturday was like playing in the winter. So right. We, uh, they, they will adjust. I am confident Tiger, of that. Tiger won at the PGA there in 07. That was the last major held there. Uh, although the senior PGA was held there last year. Alex Chaco won it. Um, and then the U.S. Open was there. Retief Goosen won it in a playoff in 2001. And then in 94, Nick Price won it there. And then they had a bunch of PGAs and U.S. Opens going back in the day, uh, which, you know, are far in the rearview mirror. Uh, does the organization like this May spot? It's now been three years, four years yeah, since the so. move. I, I think being second on the in, in the road up. By the way, um, the senior PGA was the same time of year last year, so I think they've already got experience running, you know, a major championship in May there. All right, good. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, being a uh, you know right after the Masters, kind of taking advantage of that. You know, for us, obviously, we've got our PSAs that run in May when players are still thinking about playing and getting into the game as opposed to August when the season's almost over and, and, you know, ready to put their clubs in the garage. Uh, so I think that's all good. Uh, gets us away obviously from Olympics and football and all those things. Yeah. So I, I think everybody's pretty happy. The TV contract is very good and that pays for a lot of things, especially for our section, that money trickles down to us. So we're happy with it. And, uh, 
you know, we're looking forward to it. I, I think I'm going, but I'm not quite sure yet, but I'm, I'm planning on going out there for a few days to check it out. All right. Very good. John, always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. There you go. John Gould, the executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA. We will finish coming up next with Ron Thomas. His thoughts on Augusta, the Masters, Scotty Scheffler, Tiger Woods, and more. Stay with us. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom. final segment of this week's Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom, our check-in with Ron Thomas, our playing editor, so to speak, here on the program. The man who plays in more tournaments than any of us. Ronis, of course, the instructor. Ghoul, the administrator. I'm the guy that yaks about golf. Ronnie plays it, lives it, loves it. Good morning, Ronnie. How did you enjoy the Masters from a player's standpoint? Well, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was kind of sleepy. Um, the heroics of Rory McIlroy and Morikawa on 18 uh, spiced it up a little bit for me. They were but, really the um, only. They were really the only jolt that Sunday yeah. had, and that is very unusual for the Masters. Obviously, Scheffler having such a stranglehold for the most part on the green jacket much of the day. Lead got down to one at one point, but then he separated in the back nine. The other big thing was 15. Didn't have an eagle all week. Yeah. Your thoughts didn't. on that? Well, my thoughts are I'm glad I didn't see, like, when you know, when Sergio won, he hit an eight iron in. And I, I don't like seeing eight irons, but I also, you know, I would have liked to have seen <laughs> some drama there. You know, Matsuyama last year hit, going for it, hitting it over the green. Right, nearly uh, into the it, water. No, he did hit it Oh, in you're the water. right. It did go in the water. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I, I just didn't. I don't if know. I sold it's like, hats that said "Make 15 Great Again." Would you wear one? <laughs> Let's yeah, make 15 at Augusta great again. Like, right. This I, is one of the big storylines of the tournament that this hole coming at such a pivotal juncture that can give you a turbo boost if you're a pursuer with a three was neutered because it was a standard par five. Yes, and from what I understand, apparently the wind coming out of the West, I guess, it was into their face most of the week, and that's something that I just don't know a lot about because I've never been there. But that why, was Why didn't they move the tee up? I know, I know. I guess they wanted to showcase the changes they had made. But um, well, having show, said that... Showcase I, them for three days, and then on Sunday move the tee up. Although, as, yeah. I looked, as I looked at it, Ron, I don't know how much scooch-up room they really had. They have one sort of square tea there and i didn't see anything further up beyond that so yeah now having said that i don't want to negatively reflect on the tournament because the fact that scotty scheffler won uh you know it's pretty remarkable his everybody knows it's documented his last basically six months eight months and uh how, how many tournaments he's won but the thing that really stood out for me steve was he uh, was him and his wife Meredith walking from the 18th up to the up to the clubhouse? I had tears in my eyes because I was just so uh, emotionally invested in what was happening. In terms of, she kept saying to him as she was holding his hand, "I can't believe this. 
I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And she kept holding his hands. And you know that that was a reflection of what occurred that morning. And I'm sure you and John and John talked about it. But the fact that he woke up in the morning, he started crying and he said, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I can do this. This moment may be too big for me, but with their Christian background and their faith and their, you know, their strong faith, she said, who are you? Right. Who are you to, to say what your, you know, your determined future is or, uh, you know, God, this is in God's hand and what is right. your future lies in his hands. And I thought that was just amazing. I really did. It, it was amazing. And I thought it was great that he had no problems uh, putting that front and center afterwards because as we know uh, the media in this country and especially the sports media leans very secular or even outright hostile to people in their religious faiths and so yes. i loved i love that part of it that he put it right out there uh and didn't flinch and they are such a beautiful couple as i said to to john Gould, i said my god if they ever get divorced it's going to break all of our hearts because you know what if those kids can't make it what chance do any of us have <laughs> that's well said so that was it a beautiful was, thing right there. Now let's turn the page to Tiger. Four days, four we don't, rounds. We, we, hold on. Sorry. Can we please not skip over Rory? Well, I'd rather. I, I don't want to jump right to Tiger. I just want to say Rory, the, six, the, the eight under, the 64, is just, it's what he needed. But And I know you're such a big Rory fan. I'm a but, Rory fan, not as big as you. But... but it's just what, what on that stage to make that shot? Yeah, it's incredible. I just cannot believe that these guys are able to do this and perform like that. And going forward, who knows what this will do for Rory? You know. Okay, I, I, I thought the butt. I thought the butt was going to be. I know you love him, Zabe, and it was a great sixty-four, but. It was the empty, it was the three touchdowns trailing by 40 in a football game that don't matter. Yeah, I'm not going to say that, though, on a Sunday at the Masters. It's a whole different animal. It's a 64 at Augusta on Sunday. I agree. A 64 in which 15 was pretty much neutered as a potential eagle hole. That's right. For the longer players. And Rory is plenty long. Yes, and number 12 comes up and bites someone in the butt again. (laughs) Yes, the Cam Smith when he got, like you said, got it within one after after what after eleven he birdies eleven and then um, yeah. So So but Tiger, 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 Tiger. I'm indifferent on the whole thing. I'm over overloaded, overloaded with Tiger stuff. Yeah, I think it's. uh, I just I don't know how to say it other than that I think that he's getting too many passes in uh, on things and the way things occurred and what's going on and it's a great story but it's a media driven story and I'm, I'm kind of over it to be truthful okay. i think it's great he played all four days but the, you know he's one of the great he's arguably the greatest player to ever play the game yes he's had some very impactful events negatively impactful events but he's still a great golfer and you know he played four days but he wasn't a factor yeah. it's that simple as i say tiger's the greatest to play the game Nicholas is the greatest champion. And I don't think I'd change my mind on either one. There are distinctions there. Uh, Tiger did, by the way, enlist, not enlist, he enrolled, he signed up for, he he registered. Tiger registered for the U.S. Open at Brookline on Thursday. Yes. Now, him playing there seems a bit of a stretch. It's a very up-and-down golf course. But he did it at Augusta. Why couldn't he do it at at the U.S. Open? 
Well, I think what's happened is he has tasted the blood. I'm not saying right. necessarily from a winning standpoint, but to be on that stage, I mean, what human being would not want to be adored on that level and revered and appreciated? Right. Who wouldn't want that in their life, especially when it's been a very tough 14 months, something that we can't relate to. But I mean, to be at the O, who, if you're able to play uh, in one of these events, why wouldn't you? It's yeah. what it, It's what you do. It's what you want to do. And, of course, he's going to go over. They announced he's going to go over and uh, play in the Open Championship, and he's going to go over and play in a pro-am before that at a very nice, swanky, fancy <laughs> castle club, as yeah, that, they say. That is, that is weird that he he said he committed to some – what was the name of the pro-am over there? The, uh, I, I'm not sure, but it's, a, I guess, a dare is the name of the club or something like that. And he's going to get paid a ton of money to do it. There's right. no doubt about that, but it's also indicative of the fact that he's going to go over there and prepare. He's not going to go over there week of, try and get, uh, you know, try and find his his game on those on a link style golf course. He's going to go over and he's going to work at it. It's the uh, JP JP McManus Pro Am at Adair Manor in Limerick, Ireland. I when I went to Ireland with my wife for our anniversary, I did see that venue it's spectacular it's though very inland it's soft it's point to point it is as unlinksy as possible it's a complete opposite look than what a, a, a st andrews will give him but you know he's going to be there and it's you know he's allowed to make money and appearance fees for pro-ams like this so good for him they're thrilled yes. to have him. tiger has not made many appearances in ireland in his career you know right i, well, I don't know that but um... the well the british open in ireland was one of the few yeah uh, in, well, in Northern, and that was it. I think there's maybe a couple others he's been to, but anyway. And, so, and, uh, and you know what this, what this Tiger story has done also is it's taken some of the heat off of Phil. And uh, I think, uh, yeah. Phil I, has also uh, signed up for the U.S. Open at Brookline. That's so. correct. The world will be right again in Brook, at Brookline. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, in many that. people, now in many people's eyes, I'm saying. I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. You well, know, I wonder, I, when does Phil do his round of mea culpas in front of a regular tour event between now and then in a special yep. press conference behind a blue curtain like tiger did awkwardly now he after the scandal he, he doesn't need to do that time will heal this wound and i think that he's going to handle it perfectly and okay. properly he's got the right people in his team although he it's, it would be someone would probably have a hard time telling him what to say and when to say it because he's going to be the one who is going to feel that he knows exactly when it should be done. And, and uh, I, you know, it's already died down. It's already died down. Yeah. Well, the thing, really that's, the thing that's interesting is, like in the movie Spinal Tap, when after the disaster of Stonehenge uh, happened on stage, I believe uh, Nigel Smalls, the bass player, said sheepishly at a breakfast the next day, so are we doing, are we doing Stonehenge tonight? And uh, and uh, the lead uh, the lead singer of the band, I can't forget, snapped at him. We're like, no, we're not doing Stonehenge tonight. Like, how dare you even ask that? I'm going to present my Nigel Smalls, or no, uh, my Derek Smalls. That was the bassist played by the right. great Harry Shearer. It was Nigel right. Tufnell as the lead singer and leader of the band. Uh, my Derek Smalls question is, is, Ty is Phil still going to play in the Saudi League after all of this? You may go Nigel Tufnell and say, no, he's not going to play in that now. But the league is about to announce players, Ron. Yes. They're right on the edge. And uh, some of those names apparently are Kokrak, Kevin Na, 
Ian Poulter, Lee uh, Westwood. West, Westwood, and then from there, I, I I don't know. I would assume that he won't play, or I would guess that he won't play just to continue to distance himself from it. You know, because that'd be tough to come out and make an apology and but was put your he tail going, between your legs and then go ahead and do it. But was well, he I gonna, think he's an, was, he's an investor in it, Steve. I know. He's well, an investor. Right, so what, and what better way to uh, help your investment than to lend your star power on the links? My question to you is, was he going to play before this all blew up? I have no idea. What was I your, don't what, know. What, do we, what was your gut? My gut is yes, he okay. was. Right? Yeah. So and, if uh, he was going to, and he's already tarnished his reputation, and he's got money invested in this thing. Part of me says, you're already wet. Put the umbrella away. Yeah. Just stay out in the rain. You're already wet. But I don't know. I'm sure he's got crisis management teams all over it. Uh, real yes. quick, uh, any other thoughts on the guys who finished uh, runner-up, second, third, fourth, et cetera, at the Masters, including well, Cam Smith? Are you a big Cam Smith fan? I'm starting yes, to get on me. Yeah, as my wife calls him, Joe Dirt. <laughs> Joe Dirt, exactly. Yep. Uh, okay. Morikawa with a nice 67, including that dunk on 18. And and Zalatoris, I mean, I, I don't Willie I don't Z. think he's as bad of a putter as everybody says, but how good is this guy? A little T6, 67, he is. He is. finishes get, three under. Get he's that, incredible. Get that putting fixed, and he's going to be really dangerous out there. And then one last uh, news item, not from the Masters, to close the show this week. Bryson DeChambeau, successful wrist surgery on his left wrist. He claimed he heard it at a, playing ping pong at a tournament. Uh, others are not so sure about that. They're pretty convinced it came with his speed training and all his hard swashbuckling speed this, speed that. Yep. Will DeChambeau be the same on the other side of this that he was yes, at his will. peak? Will Too much still, talent. Will he, still, Too much. will he still play at 110 miles an hour with his swing? Uh, probably not, but too much talent there, too much talent to not be a very good player going forward. All right. We're going to see you next in person. Uh, where are you playing this week? Any tournaments? Uh, no, I didn't, but I did, I I, I did send you a picture. I was fortunate enough while in Pinehurst this past over masters weekend, I got to play with uh, second time. I got to play with Tony Womack, former major league player who many of you will remember World series champion. Uh, 2001, the 9-11 World Series, and he has bottom of the eighth against Mariano Rivera. They're down two in uh, Arizona, Arizona, and he gets the base hit that ties it. And uh, many people, well, the Wall Street Journal calls it the most clutch hit in the history of baseball. Well, let me tell you, Tony Womack is as nice a human being as I've ever met, and he's become like a brother to me. And He's just a, a terrific guy, and he's a hell of a player. He's a one. Didn't start playing until 2002. He was teammates with Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson apparently is a huge golfer. Mark Grace, big golfer, say on that team also. And they used to say to him, you know, come on out and play with us. And he's told me, he's like, what are you I can go out and hit this ball? It's so yeah. stupid. And now he's completely hooked. But oh, uh, So it. golf, again, has just afforded me so many wonderful things. That's wonderful. So many people that we've yeah. gotten to need. So. You know what? If you can get a hit. In the eighth inning off of Mariano Rivera. Playing golf, ain't nothing. <laughs> right? It's funny you say that because he's word for word. Because we played a little match. We played a little $5 Nassau. And I was just talking smack. And he's the best at talking smack. He told me some great Jordan stories. He plays a lot with Jordan because he lives in Charlotte. 
but uh, he just he pressure. He said he pressured even in his vocabulary. The word isn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. All right. So, Very good. All right. Robbie, great to talk. We'll check in next week. Thanks, buddy. You got it, bud. There See you ya. go. Ron Thomas. And that concludes our special post-Masters edition of the Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom. It's getting warm out here. It is springtime. Things are blooming. Life is good. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. My caddy says long as you're still in the state, you're okay. Cause it went straight down the middle quite away. The sun was never